the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. We'll be your Sandra Bullock source. I love the range of movies that she's in. Her eyebrows, they're amazing. She's very striking features. Fast male co-star, quirky little personality. She's got real tears at multiple parts in this movie. Oh yeah. Key Sandra Bullock physical comedy. Powerful woman. I mean, she's a boss the whole movie. I'm just all in. Rom-com. Brilliant. Smart. Five out of five. Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Anne. We're obsessed with Sandra Bullock, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your own thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. It really helps us out. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Forces of Nature. This movie was released in 1999 and Sandra Bullock plays a character named Sarah. You can rent this movie on Amazon Prime if you'd like to watch it. And brief plot summary before we totally ruin it for you. When Ben's travel plans to his wedding get disrupted, he ends up on a travel adventure with a free-spirited woman full of mishaps. So if you haven't seen this movie, now is the perfect time to pause and go watch it. Otherwise, here's your spoiler alert. Today's episode is brought to you by Mumbai Spice Company, a Portland-based BIPOC business that is on a mission to further Indian cooking in America by providing everyone the building blocks of your favorite Indian dishes. We just got spice kits from the Spice Raja himself, And not only do they smell amazing, but it's such a convenient way to get quality spices in like realistic quantities that aren't going to just sit in your cabinets for the next 20 years. Yes, I'm so excited for this. I love Indian food, so I cannot wait to try these spices. Me too. I've always just shied away from them or I use the wrong spices, so I'm sure I'm not getting like the full flavor that is meant to be. Also, if you follow Mumbai Spice Company on Instagram, there are a ton of super helpful and delicious cooking tutorials and recipes that you need in your life. The spice kits that we got came with seven different individually packaged spices. They just look amazing. I'm super excited. Yes, and we'll post them on Instagram. You can shop online at mumbaispicecompany.com using code GIRLCRUSH for 10% off your order. So to jump right into the plot of Forces of Nature, we rated this plot a 7 out of 10. The movie opens with a very young Ben Affleck crowd surfing at his bachelor party. (laughs) His character's name is very conveniently Ben. I love that when it happens in movies. Easy to remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just looks like a Ben, so it works. (laughs) He does. His friend Alan, played by Steve Zahn, who you might remember from the Jennifer Aniston movie Management. His friend Alan planned the party, talks about Ben being very monogamous, very much a good guy. So we get the, we're starting to get this feel for him. He, ben is like a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Ben's fiance, Bridget, is making a home video of the two of them a few days before their wedding. And they seem very cutesy together. Ben says he's not scared for the wedding. And they're kind of talking about their plans. Bridget's flying down to Savannah by herself, which is where they're having the wedding. And Ben is going to meet her there. And Bridget is played by Maura Tierney, who plays Abby Lockhart on ER, if you were an ER fan. So Ben and Alan go to the airport to fly to Savannah for the wedding. And Alan literally forgets the rings. So terrible best man. Mm -hmm. And goes to get them and says he'll take the next flight there. And we see on TV there's a hurricane 200 miles offshore from Savannah. So does not bode well. (laughs) And we see Sandra Bullock in front of him in line, completely making out with some guy. And we, like, did not recognize her at first. No, her hair in this movie, and, I mean, her face was kind of contorted, smushed into another person's face, but (laughs) totally did not expect that to be her. Yes, exactly. So on the plane, Ben's talking on the phone to Bridget. He's, like, baby talking, like, I love you more. (laughs) And people around him are, like, staring. 
<laughs> he's like being judged by the other passengers. Ben mentions that he's really nervous about flying. And we meet Sarah, played by Sandy, who used to be a flight attendant. She's sitting next to him. She reassures him that it'll be fine. But right when they're going down the runway for takeoff, a bird flies into the engine and the plane veers off of the runway. And there is like a brief moment of chaos, obviously. And Sarah gets knocked out amidst all this chaos. And everyone's just kind of panicking. Everyone ends up being fine, but it's clearly scary. Are you afraid of flying? Um, I feel like I have a normal level of fear, as you should, getting into a metal box that's going to go into the sky, but I'm not, like, terrified of flying. Are you? Same here. No, I have the same thought. Well, recently, here in Colorado, a plane engine blew up. Yes. Like, very near us. And actually, it's an okay story to tell because no one got hurt. Okay. The plane engine blew up. We knew nothing about it. And we took the dogs to a dog park near my brother and sister-in-law's house before picking up dinner. And... They live, like, 25 minutes from us. So we drove out there. We get to this park, and there's, like, police everywhere. I mean, there's, like, police cars everywhere. It's um, near this, like, big community soccer field that's all, like, roped off. We were like, huh, weird. Oh, well, we're still going to go to this dog park across the parking lot. And we're, like, there for a little bit. And then we go to leave and, like, called my sister-in-law to get her dinner order and my brother's dinner order. And she was like... Did you hear about the plane exploding in Broomfield? And we were like, no. She's like, yeah, like a a plane exploded. We heard it from the house, yada, yada. So as we're leaving this dog park, we drove out a different way that we came in. There was a piece of like a huge, like 15 foot piece of plane, like on the edge of the soccer field. Yes, like sitting on the edge of the soccer field. I was like, (gasps) glad we didn't come here earlier today. (laughs) Right. That is so scary. Right? I mean, it is frightening. Thankfully, no one got hurt. Yes, for real. So Bridget and her family see on the news about this accident. They see a heroic Ben on TV with, like, unconscious Sarah hoisted over his shoulder, (laughs) rescuing her, essentially. And, you know, obviously they're fine with that. But Ben was already scared to fly before, so he's like, I'm not doing that again. He decides he's going to rent a car, drive down to Savannah instead. Also, a few minutes later, Sarah comes up and kisses him to thank him for saving her life. Just, like, goes for it. Uh, question mark? Just No questions asked. And remember, she was just making out with some other guy, like, a few minutes ago. Ugh. COVID times me is, like, yes, icky. Right. And Ben's just kind of, like, taken aback, like, what just happened? But I think he just kind of waves it off because she just went through this traumatic experience. So he goes to get a car. Turns out the rental cars are all sold out. So he and Sarah meet up with this other guy, Vic. They were all supposed to be on the same flight. Vic had been able to get a car. So they decide they're going to carpool together down to Savannah. So on the drive, they're like getting to know each other. We learn that Ben is a book jacket copywriter. And Sarah actually has one of the books that Ben wrote a blurb for. And we learn that Sarah has had a bunch of jobs in various industries. She seems like a lot more free-spirited, like Ben's the straight shooter, Sarah's like just going with the flow, seems to be spontaneous, not like set in one specific direction. Mm -hmm. And throughout the car ride, everyone's giving Ben like these marriage horror stories, which is rude, like he's literally on the way to his wedding. Right, right. And back in Savannah, Bridget and her family are preparing for the wedding, and this guy named Steve arrives, and her parents are like super friendly with him, And he awkwardly hugs Bridget. So we get the sense that he's probably some sort of ex-boyfriend. So on this road trip, Vic and Sarah are smoking weed, but Ben declines, straight shooter that he is. 
And at one point, they drop the joint, and Ben has to take the wheel from the back seat. (laughs) And at this moment, they get pulled over. And they get arrested. So Ben calls Bridget from jail, telling her he had, quote, car troubles of sorts. (laughs) And Ben is obviously worried he's going to miss his wedding. And Sarah is worried. She's like, says she's on a time crunch too and at risk of losing out on $25,000. So long story short, after realizing this was all Vic's fault, the cops let Ben and Sarah go. So now Ben and Sarah have to find another way to Savannah. So they go to the train station to get train tickets. And the clerk asks if they want seats together or not. And Ben sort of has this moment, like he pulls Sarah aside and he's like, he talks about how he's thinking about like, what would he want Bridget to do in this situation? Like go sit down next to someone you have a spark with on a train. So he's like trying to be very respectful. And Sarah has like no idea what he's talking about. So Ben kind of gets embarrassed and he's like, you know what? Let's just go separate at this point. But also he's like saying they have a spark. Yeah. He like addresses this. Right. Right. Which is awkward. So they get on the train, sit separately, kind of awkward. And at one point, the train briefly stops, and Ben hears this yelling, and he finds Sarah standing on the roof of the train, yelling to hear her own echo. And she invites him up to the top to, like, watch the sunset and also, you know, yell into the open air. And she's, like, coaching him on his weak yelling, you know, trying to bring him out of his shell. (laughs) And they get back inside the train, and they found that the last three cars of the train were detached and go to Chicago. So they're on the wrong train. They're not going to Savannah. And so they try to get back to the right train, but they just can't catch up. So again, they're just stuck. So they run to a bus station. At this point, it's like raining and hailing. So everything is just going wrong. And the bus station is closed. So instead, they go to a Kmart. Side note, Kmarts are like a thing of the past now, right? I was just going to ask you, is, is that still a thing? I know the Kmart in my hometown closed years ago. I think it did in mine as well. Hmm. So this Kmart, though, was open 24 hours. <laughs> Luckily for them. Very. They get some clean clothes. Sarah blow dries her hair, like, in the hair dryer aisle. I love that. And they're kind of, like, messing around, playing basketball in the aisles, like, being flirty. And they start talking about marriage, and we find out that Sarah has been married twice, and the guy that she was kissing at the airport is her husband. And we find out a little bit more about her story. He convinced her to open a bagel shop in Savannah, which is where this $25,000 comes in. So random. Her plan is to get the money and then divorce him. And she acknowledges she thinks she's a terrible person for deceiving her husband. So very, very different people is what we're learning. Mm Mm-hmm. In Savannah, Bridget is really worried that Ben hasn't called yet, and her dad makes some side remarks about him. We get the feeling that maybe he's not the biggest fan of Ben. I think we need to note, too, like, Bridget seems like she's from old money. Like, her family's very wealthy. Yes. Her parents are, we'll just call it pretentious. Mm Mm-hmm. So true. And it it seems like that's probably why they don't approve of Ben. Like, he's... Yes. Like, he's a book jacket Book jacket copywriter. copywriter. Yeah, very true. Yeah. (laughs) And Steve, who we assume is an ex-boyfriend, he is like a successful lawyer. Mm -hmm. So he calls and invites her somewhere. At first, Bridget declines, but after being annoyed with her parents, she decides to go out for a little bit. And Steve tells Bridget how much he wishes they would have stayed in touch and serenades her. 
like literally sings. It's literally sings to her. Yeah. And she's like turns her back, slightly embarrassed, maybe. It's really awkward. We were laughing a lot at the scene. We were. Because it it was just uncomfortable. Who did it better, this guy Steve in this movie or Chad Michael (gasps) Murray in Freaky Friday? Chad Michael Murray. Oh, 100. (laughs) Hands down. Yes. It was a test. Or Steve Zahn's character in. Oh my God. Still uh, management. management. (laughs) Still Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, but then Steve Zahn in management, I think. And then this guy. Yes, yes. I would would order it that way as well. (laughs) So Sarah and Ben are waiting in a laundromat. And Ben is watching Sarah peacefully sleep. It's kind of weird. And she wakes up. She says she's going to go for a walk. But we see her outside, like, wrapping some toys that she bought at Kmart. And while Ben is not paying attention, a random guy steals Sarah's wallet from her bag. So now they can't get a bus ticket. So Sarah sees this tour bus. And it's, like, one of those tour buses where they're taking a bunch of, like, older senior citizens on, like, a real estate condo tour or something. Like a timeshare tour. Yes, exactly. And Sarah asks Ben to go with her and sneak their way on the bus and pretend to be her husband so that she can make it to Savannah in time to sell this bagel shop. Where's Ben's wallet? Like, yeah, I don't understand that part. That seems like a miss because at one point he was about to pay for something and she was like, oh, no, I got it. So, I mean, I, I have to assume he has a wallet somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe we missed that. Yeah, I don't know. But we find out that Sarah has a 10-year-old son who lives in Savannah with her first ex-husband. So they get on this bus. Sarah's like very, very charming to everybody. Tells them that Ben is a surgeon. (laughs) I love like the, is it a trope? What's the word I'm thinking of? Just like movies that use buses of old people as like Uh, a plot point or as a scene. It's It's always so sweet. Wholesome and cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute. So this bus, like, they stop for a little detour at this, like, mini amusement park. (laughs) And all of the senior citizens are, like, going on the rides. And if you're a little bit nervous about that, you should be, because one man has an episode on a ride. (laughs) And since they think that Ben is a doctor, they ask him to intervene. The fact that you just called it an episode. (laughs) We don't really know what it is. I don't know. A heart attack of some sort, I assume. I think it's a heart attack. (laughs) It was a medical episode. A medical episode. So Ben ends up doing CPR and saving the guy's life. Which is amazing. He's not a doctor. Yes. We at Girl Crush Podcast do not recommend trust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the tour bus driver says that they're going to stay the night in the town, and they insist that Ben and Sarah stay as well in the motel that they've arranged for. For everyone. Because he's like a hero with these people. Yes, exactly. They like are in love with him. Yes. So obviously to keep up their appearance, Sarah and Ben are sharing a room and Sarah goes to take a bath, but their room has some sort of like obscured glass. So you can kind of see into the bathroom, but you can't really make out a full image. So Ben can like see the shadows of her in the bath and he's clearly trying to distract himself like trying not to look but it's just not working so he decides at some point he's just going to leave the room and he leaves the room lo and behold alan the best man and debbie who we learn is the maid of honor show up at the same place so they start catching up and 
the bus driver comes in and starts talking, like referring to Ben as a doctor and talking about how he's already married, which obviously makes them suspicious. Mm -hmm. And Alan and Debbie offer to drive Ben to Savannah. Why wouldn't Ben have called Alan in the first place? Like, yeah, that's a really good question. Like, oh, I missed my flight. My friend who had to go back and get my rings, like, why don't we just arrange to get there together? And also, Alan was going to catch the next flight. Why did he end up driving? Well, he was too scared to fly at that point. Mm, Okay. But I mean, yeah, it's a poor decision. Clearly. Clearly. So Ben sees Sarah downstairs salsa dancing with all the senior citizens, and they love her. It's super cute. She's like continually just charming them. And Sarah convinces Ben to dance with her. Ben is trying to warn her that Alan and Debbie are there, but Sarah just like keeps changing the subject. And Alan sees Ben dancing with Sarah and tries to make sure that Debbie can't see, like he's trying to, you know, help out his friend. But eventually she realizes something is happening. So she like chases after Ben and she overhears one of the guys from the tour bus call Ben and Sarah Dr. and Mrs. Holmes. So she's super confused. She catches up with him. Ben tries to make up a bunch of excuses, which all seem really weird and suspicious. Mm-hmm. And Debbie is clearly like, well, something is going on here. Like, why are you with this girl? And I'm like, he could have just told the truth. I mean, he didn't have to say that there was some kind of sparks going on between him and Sarah, but like he could have just explained how he got stranded and like why he's going through this and like why they had to pretend. Yeah, like crazy story. Like, it's not like anything's happened. Right, exactly. Like, it, he made it way more suspicious by acting so weird about it. Mm-hmm. So Sarah and Ben are like packing up and they get into a fight as they're doing this. And she's accusing him of being scared and not being honest about it. Like she can tell he's scared of marriage. And he accuses her of being like a coward and selfish and never committing to anything. I feel like this ultimately is a poorer reflection on him and is on him because he could have left Sarah several times. He could have been honest with Bridget or Alan and he wasn't like, that's not on Sarah. She has no skin in this game. She's not right. Like, like she's made it very clear who she, like what her objective is. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. And he's kind of like flirting with this potential of maybe, you know, being tempted by her. Right. And you're right. It's in his hands. But in the middle of this argument, Ben just starts making out with her. Further proof. Yeah. And Sarah is actually the one to stop it and says, you're getting married tomorrow, Ben. And Ben is, like, getting upset because he can't force himself to leave the room. Like, he's too, you know, caught up in the moment. Meanwhile, Debbie makes Alan leave without Ben. Which also, I don't know, questionable. I agree. Like, what are you going to tell? You're the maid of honor. You're going to tell your best friend, like, Oh, yeah, we left him there with... Yeah. (laughs) Like, why are you trying to get there so hard for the wedding? Like, if the groom isn't there. Right, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So anyway, also, they're, like, they're driving a two-seater convertible. So, like, how is he going to fit anyway? Don't know. (laughs) Um, So a little bit earlier, Ben had called his dad to have him wire some money to him because now that they've had, like, no way to travel... So they go to get the cash that his dad wired, and the place that they go to is literally on fire. (laughs) Like, just another thing that goes wrong. So Ben just starts laughing hysterically, like, cannot believe that another thing is going wrong. Mm -hmm. And he also chooses this moment to, like, nuzzle into Sarah and start making out again. Like, dude, you're frantically trying to get to Savannah for your wedding, and you keep making out with a girl that is not your fiance. (laughs) Right. 
Not a good look. Right. But back in Savannah, Bridget finds out from a guest that her parents are separated and didn't tell her. So she's super frustrated and I guess wants to, I don't know, make herself feel better. So she goes to Steve and is like, get me out of here. And we see, plot twist, Bridget and Steve are hooking up. (laughs) And Bridget's like, it seems wrong. Duh, you're (laughs) literally getting married tomorrow. (laughs) I cannot. I feel like I hate that, like the Bridget and Steve thing more than I hate the Ben and Sarah thing. Yeah, at least, I mean, at least, I don't know. I I hate them both. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. So Sarah and Ben arrive back to the motel and like the whole retirement bus crew, bless their hearts, they're standing outside their door. They like, no, they're not married. They know that Ben is not a surgeon. Thanks to Debbie. She like spilled the beans on them. And Ben and Sarah like literally run away. (laughs) And they had seen this terrible car for sale earlier for literally $150. So they're like, you know, maybe we can get that. And Sarah has this idea to dance for the money. So they go to a bar and she asks the bartender if she can dance for $150. And the bartender is like, nah. But then he asks if Ben will dance instead. So we find out this is a gay bar and a very reluctant Ben gets on the pool table and she starts stripping off his clothes for him. He's like super uncomfortable, sweating profusely. It's really awkward. And I do have to say, this is, like, very cruel. Agreed. Yeah. Like, if the tables were turned and a guy was doing that to a girl, we'd be, like, obviously up in arms, so. For sure. This is sexual harassment. Right. But eventually, Ben gets into it. You know, maybe he's just feeling the pressure of needing this money. So he gets into it, starts dancing, and they make enough money to buy this $150 car. So they're driving, and Sarah says that Ben isn't thinking clearly. So he's starting to talk like he wants to, you know, be with Sarah. And she says he hasn't registered everything that's happened yet and that the things he likes about her now will eventually drive him crazy. And she seems to think it's kind of nuts that they're going to, like, break up his marriage for, you know, just having met. Mm -hmm. And he says that it's not about Sarah and she doesn't believe that. So they arrive in Savannah at Sarah's bagel shop and Sarah's husband, Carl, is there. And he found out that Sarah was trying to sell the place and is upset that she tried to go behind his back. This makes him like super mad. They get into a big argument and it starts getting really heated and seems like it may start to get physical. So Ben steps in to defend Sarah and a few punches are thrown. Carl reveals during this time that Sarah's son chose to live with his dad instead of Sarah, which really hurts Sarah, obviously. Mm -hmm. So in Savannah, it's wedding day. Bridget is sitting on the bed in her wedding dress. And a big hurricane's just rolling in. But you know what? They're still planning on having this outdoor wedding. It looks beautiful. Oh, my gosh. This is why I could never have an outdoor wedding. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't live in hurricane country at all. But with my luck, it would happen. There'd be a hurricane in Colorado. Yeah. (laughs) But everyone at the wedding is, like, really, really mad at Ben. And I don't think it's been enough time yet for Debbie and... Alan to quite have gotten there and like told them everything. And I'm like, why are all these people so mad at Ben for not being here yet? They don't know the whole story. And if it were me, I would just be worried sick about my fiance getting there and not hearing from him for days. Yeah, is he alive? Like he was in a mild plane crash. There's a hurricane rolling in. Like a million things could have gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. So anyone's, I don't know. Everyone's really mad at him. And 
more things keep going wrong. A literal tree falls on Ben and Sarah's car. So they run on foot the rest of the way to the wedding (laughs) as the storm is starting. Ben pauses to take a breath and says that he's still not going to go through with the wedding. And he asks Sarah if she'll still be there when he gets back, basically from breaking up with Bridget. And Sarah's like very uncertain about the whole thing. I feel like her response is really good here, though. Like, even though she's so quirky and weird and free-spirited, she does keep warning him that he isn't thinking about what he's doing and that it carries Mm -hmm. great ramifications for both himself and for Bridget. Like, she's thinking about Bridget during this, too. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. He just seems to be in, like, not a good headspace, Mm -hmm. obviously. So Ben gets to the wedding. His parents give, like, a really sweet speech that should make him feel better about getting married after all the kind of horror stories he's been hearing. (laughs) Bridget's dad just starts yelling at him. And Debbie starts yelling at him, saying that she saw him with another woman at the hotel room. Alan steps in and is like, no, they're just travel buddies. And she's ugly. (laughs) Which you're like, first of all, not true. But second of all, thanks for trying. Solid friend. Yeah. So at this moment, Ben looks up. He sees Bridget. They just stare at each other. And Bridget asks Ben if he's still going to get dressed. Ben just starts crying, apologizes. And Bridget says Debbie told her and said it didn't matter. She knows Ben wouldn't cheat on her. And literally at this point, it becomes like the cheesiest, I don't know, chick flick thing I've ever seen. Literally. (laughs) Because the storm is rolling in to this outdoor wedding, but everything kind of stops. And in slow motion, like flower petals and wedding decor is just like floating around during this conversation. Like... (laughs) everybody's things start to blow in the wind but like ben and bridget they're like their hair and everything is perfectly still like they're just zeroed in in on each other in this moment yeah they're in this together not affected by the storm (laughs) and sarah is watching from afar sees everything that's happening and she just says to herself farewell ben And she seems kind of okay with it. Like, she's resigned to the fact that this is what's happening. She seems kind of happy that Ben and Bridget are getting back together. Mm -hmm. So the wedding guests all witness Ben and Bridget kissing. They seem super happy. And then the rain really starts to pour, and the whole venue is ruined. Why didn't they plan a backup when they all kept talking about a hurricane coming? Yes, they were talking days before about a hurricane coming. And yet they have, like, high-top cocktail tables. Yeah. Very flimsy stuff, like just sitting out in the, I don't know. And this was like high-end, yes, beautiful backyard wedding. Like this wasn't, it wasn't cheap. No. And everything's just destroyed. Yeah, it's terrible. So Ben asks if Bridget really wants to get married like this, and she's like, no. So they agree to get married under a waterfall in Hawaii. And Sarah goes to see her son, seems happy with him. And Ben and Bridget go to Hawaii, voiceover about married life. And how the people you meet can change you forever. And that's how the movie ends. Mm. So we gave this movie a 7 out of 10 for plot. Overall, it's an enjoyable watch. It's chick flick, very predictable, Mm -hmm. over-the-top cheesy, mainly an enjoyable watch. There's a lot of funny and cute parts in it that make it so enjoyable to watch. I love this part when they're on the train and Ben is trying to write his vows and his laptop dies, and this older couple on the train, like, comments on their own wedding and their own vows. 
and they're really cute. But then you find out like they're not married. They're having an affair. So they're like talking about their individual vows and weddings. Yeah. Which is really funny. But there's like little things like that throughout the movie that make you laugh. I feel like this movie is like a long came Polly turned up to a level 20, 25 mashed up with planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> yes. That's the perfect way to describe it. And even though Ben and Sarah are obviously not doing totally the right thing, Mm -hmm. I do think that the chemistry between Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock is there, like, just enough so where it's, like, they don't seem like a perfect match. You would not put them together. But there is, like, chemistry and tension between them. Yeah, like, you understand why it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But there are some things that I do not like about this movie. I, being a married woman, being what Kale and I call ourselves marriage nerds, I really hate when movies go so far to like trash marriage and like talk about all those like, I don't know, overdone jokes about how marriage is like being chained to someone and that kind of thing. I think, I don't know, just being someone who loves marriage. Yeah, I do like though what Ben's dad says at the end and that's ultimately the advice that Ben takes. Like Mm -hmm. eventually the good advice drowns out the bad. Yeah. That's true. I really don't like that there's no ramifications for Bridget. She just, like, gets away with being awful. I mean, both of them. They're just, like, it kind of seems like maybe you guys aren't ready for marriage. The fact that both of you cheated on your fiancé literally the day before, days leading up to your wedding. Like, maybe you're not actually meant to be together. I think the end message for me didn't totally land because I'm, like, yeah, to your point, there were no ramifications. And they talk about how, like, oh, the people you meet can change you forever. But really, it seems like maybe they both just had lapses in judgment. <laughs> and then they ended up together anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's also, I mean, there's so many things about this plot that are unrealistic. And it's obviously oh, just yeah. there for the drama. Like, right. They could have like, gone you know to going it, into it. The, yeah, they could have gone to any car rental place in between. He could have just yes. bitten the bullet and gone to another plane. We don't actually know what happened to his wallet. Right, right, right. Exactly. There's there's just so many things where you're like, did that have to happen that way? No. Right. Yeah. All of the disasters that they go through. Mm -hmm. All of the forces of nature, if you will. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to take this movie, I think, with a grain of salt for sure. Just knowing that like it's going to be cheesy. It's unrealistic, but it's enjoyable. It's not a classic rom-com by any means. No, it's not. It is, like, kind of unique in that way. I don't think I'd heard of this movie. I hadn't either, but it seems like from what I've seen on Instagram, like, there's some people who really like it. So I'm curious what our listeners will think. I mean, I could see that. It's, yeah, it's definitely a good watch. Yeah. So it seems like when we first watched this, we have a note in here that said, like, you would have rated it slightly higher than I would have rated it. So I think we landed somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think that was maybe because I was, like, turned off with the whole marriage thing. Fair. <laughs> So for Sandra Bullock's character, Sarah, we gave her an 8 out of 10. I really like that this character is so different from her other characters. She has, Mm -hmm. like, purple hair, dark eyeliner. She's, like, kissing two guys within the first 10 minutes of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) She's very carefree, and I think she plays that kind of character very well. Yeah, yeah, it's unique. It's not – I don't think I would peg her to play this role, but I was surprised that it, like, you know, worked so well. It's interesting because in an interview, Sandra Bullock mentioned that, like, she didn't want this character to be watered down to, like, make her nicer or sweeter, and that Mm. she actually felt 
very personally connected to this character, Sarah, that she felt like in some of the monologues from Ben to Sarah that like Ben Affleck was just talking to Sandra Bullock. She just felt that's cool. Like she felt like this character was very relatable. Oh, I like that. I found myself liking her character more and more throughout the film too, because I felt like at first she seems kind of aloof and she seems like so carefree that you wonder if she really even cares for anybody else's feelings. But then she's the one who's like trying to tell Ben, hey, you're getting married tomorrow. Like you, don't, you shouldn't be doing this. She's trying to talk sense into him. So I think although she is so free spirit and spontaneous, she seems pretty wise in the fact that she can tell that her lifestyle isn't necessarily for everyone. And she can see that like Ben is not being sort of true to himself. Yeah. So I like that. I like seeing that part of her character sort of evolve throughout the movie. Yeah. You kind of go into it expecting her to be kind of the villain, but she, it turns out that Ben's kind of the villain. And right. Yeah. She has so many redeeming qualities and she really does try to steer him in the right direction. Right. You know, I have to say, I actually think that Sarah ended up being the main character in this movie because she's actually the one that we see more growth from, like I was talking about. And when we do get that message at the end of the people that you meet change you forever, I think she's actually the one who's experienced the most change. Mm-hmm. Another thing from an interview with Sandra Bullock was that she was asked if she thought her character represented freedom in this movie, like freedom for mm-hmm. Ben, freedom mm-hmm. just in general. And she said she actually thinks that Sarah is more shackled than Ben because Sarah's freedom is motivated by fear and insecurity and, like, her fear Mm. of actually stopping her constant movement and facing herself and potentially finding out she's not worth anything. Like, she was kind of rejected by her ex-husband, by her son, now by her second husband. She has up this facade that she doesn't care about anyone or anything, but, like, Clearly she does. She cares about her child. Yeah, it's like while she's built up. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I love that. I definitely think her character in this is probably the deepest part of the movie. And I think like the most redeeming quality of the movie, obviously we love Sandra Bullock, but I do think like her character brings a different aspect to it Mm -hmm. that I really like. And this is another like example of a movie where I really like that the two main characters don't end up together. Like they weren't supposed to be together. It was about- Just their journey and the fact that she delivers him to his wedding and walks away, never tries to contact him again, like never actually instigated anything other than the kiss at the airport. Right. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I only wish, I think the ending could have been cooler if Ben and Bridget didn't end up together either. Like maybe it would have been all about your own journey of like learning about yourself. Because I do think Sarah learned a lot about herself throughout the process of this movie. Yeah. And it seems like Ben and Bridget could have too, but they, I don't know. I don't, Sarah's character seemed like to experience the most growth. Agreed. So for Sandra Bullock's acting in Forces of Nature, we rated a 7.5 out of 10. So we kind of mentioned this being like a different role for her than she usually plays, like that free spirited, you know, spontaneous, on the go kind of girl. And it ended up feeling super breezy. Like it felt like she was made to play this role, which I don't Mm -hmm. think I would have vocalized before we started all of this. Mm -hmm. So I really liked that. She is very charming. Like you see that she's very charming to the older people, which is really sweet. I think she plays that part really well. And one thing that we, that we noted is like, there are some points where she seemed so natural, like specifically her laughing Seems so natural. In a lot of Sandra Bullock movies, the characters she plays have sort of like 
a quirky snort or like a funny laugh because that's part of her character's goofiness. But in this one, her laugh seemed like very genuine, which then you're like, maybe that's actually harder to act out than doing some sort of goofy laugh. Mm. Ooh, now I'm curious. Which is harder? Hmm. I agree. I I found her acting in this movie impressive and Mm -hmm. that breezy nature to this. I agree. I think it's very different from other characters we've seen her in. Though, I feel like when you look at her entire filmography, like, it makes sense. Like, of course she could play this role. And yeah, I don't know if I can imagine someone else playing this. I was trying to think of that, too. Like, who else could have played a role like this? Like, very breezy, funny, quirky. I'm having those mo- one of those moments where I like, can't think of a single other actress. <laughs> the, literally, the only actress I'm thinking of right now is Nicole Kidman, which absolutely would not fit in this movie. No. No, so why agree. Am I think you that. I I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe like an Emma Stone in present time. I was kind of thinking Emma Stone, or I guess if they really wanted to take it the comedy route of rom com, like an Amy Poehler mm. or um, yeah something like that. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. Or Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig could have done this movie. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so yeah, it was like it was solid. There wasn't anything that like blew us away. There wasn't anything you know, bad moments or anything like that. 7.5. Solid score. Yeah. Enjoyable. Well done. For Sandra Bullock's bonus points this season, we're doing Boss Babe, which is rated out of one or two points. We gave her a one for this movie. Not a lot of Boss Babe stuff. Mm-mm. She's resourceful, if nothing else, but. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's all. So for Would You Watch Again, we rate this out of five points. We give it a five if we both say we'd watch it again, a one if we both say we would not watch it again. And for this movie, we rated it a one. So we both said we wouldn't really watch it again. I think it was a fun watch, but there's nothing drawing me to this one more than other rom-coms that I really want to revisit. What about you? Yeah, I feel like I would I would maybe leave it on or I would definitely agree to watch it if someone else really wanted to, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't seek it out. Like I said before, this is not a classic rom-com. Right. This movie doesn't make me feel good <laughs> in any particular no. way. So if I had to choose, I'd give it a one. But I think yeah. it's worth your watch, one watch yeah. at least. Yeah, I think so too. So to review for Forces of Nature, we rated the plot a 7 out of 10, Sandra Bullock's character Sarah an 8 out of 10, her acting a 7.5 out of 10, a boss babe score of a 1 out of 2, and a would you watch again score a 1 out of 5, which brings us to a total of 24.5 out of 37 points, which means that Forces of Nature is ranked number 26 out of 48 movies. So pretty pretty much right there in the middle. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Yeah, I think after this one is where they really start to hit a little downturn, if I'm remembering correctly. After, what do you mean after this one? Like after number 26. Oh, 27 through 48? Yeah. Actually, no, I'm looking at it. There's a few grouped here around the same score. And then there's a little bit of a drop off later. Okay. I mean, 48 movies, there's a wide range of quality. Right. Spanning a long time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They can't all be number one. Okay, as always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Please let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. You can also email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com or visit our brand spanking new website at girlcrushpodcast.com. I don't know why I phrased it like that. Dot com. I liked it. It sounded enticing. Thank you. I want to go visit that website. Don't you? Just click on our show notes. (laughs) 
Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Bye! Bye.